0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Confident Coach Club, where we help new and aspiring coaches start and grow their business. We talk about finding your niche, packaging your services, creating content that your audience loves, and finding your first couple of clients. It's kind of like the business school for coaches. I'm your host, Liz Huber. Welcome to the show and enjoy today's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Confident Coach Club podcast. I'm Liz your host and I'm here today with Cedric again and for another Q&A episode. Today we'll be focusing on everything, talk everything about niche, niching down, how to find your niche especially open questions that came up as our students went through the course. So like we have an entire module in our online course about how to find your niche step-by-step process that guides you through this. And today we'll, we'll dive deeper, answer some open questions, and you know, just generally talk about all things niching down. Welcome to the show, Cedric.
1: Hey, hey, nice to be here.
0: Great. Let's get started. What's your What's your first question?
1: Well, okay. So I was reading the, I was going through the course and then there was this issue of in terms of like what kind of, you know, I think you were talking about good niches, bad niches, and then this issue of evergreen market came up and I just thought, hmm, this is interesting. I wouldn't mind having you kind of reiterate some of the Kind of salient points around this so yep that's what i thought to ask about so i'm kind of just interested in any comments around like first off what is an evergreen market um and also just however you know any comments around this that would be valuable for our audience
0: yeah absolutely it's it, that's that's a really good question so an evergreen market is a market that kind of is relevant right now so it solves a problem that's relevant right now, but it's also was relevant 10 years ago and it will be relevant 10 years from now. For example, productivity is something or, like you know, anything from, you know, losing weight, making more money, becoming more productive. These, these are all topics that are in evergreen markets because people worried about them, had challenges around them. A couple of years ago they have challenges around them now and they will continue to you know invest in coaching around these things 10 years from now so it's something that doesn't Mm -hmm. go away so it's contrary so the 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 contrast or the opposite would be Mm. a trend right a trend market Mm -hmm. like i don't know anything from like there's a lot of especially not as much in the coaching space i think but you know when it comes to online businesses, like drop shipping businesses, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of trend related selling, right? Like, um, I think there was this fidget spinner like a couple of years ago. Like if you, Mm -hmm. whatever is, you know, like a trend, if you buy into this, then you know that you need to milk the cow now and you might not be able to benefit from it years to come.
1: Sure, sure, that makes sense,
0: Uh okay. Yeah, and so, Generally, if you want to, you want to look at an evergreen market because you'll be if, if that's what you're coaching in, then you'll be able to, especially the, the courses that I mean obviously your expertise stays relevant, but also sure. the courses that you create and any books that you write, they will be able to serve your audience for years to come. And so you'll yeah, also be sure. generate, able to generate income right for years to come.
1: Uh-huh. 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 And some, you know, also what, yeah. comes, what comes up for me is like, you know, you're invest, you know, go ahead and invest in a in a life skill yourself that will be perennially relevant in addition to just that it'll sell, but it'll also probably be perennially relevant to you personally as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the three, there's three mega niches mm-hmm. that are actually that are per definition an evergreen market because it's mm-hmm. things that people always want to know more about They always investing mm-hmm. and that's number one health and fitness number two career and money and things like you know mm-hmm. becoming more productive or time management would fall under that as well and mm-hmm. then thirdly relationships and dating or marriage mm-hmm. so these yep. are the three like mega niches that are like per definition evergreen markets
1: Yeah, yeah 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 perfect okay that makes sense Okay. Well, cool. Well then, okay. Now something else that was a point that came up after this point about evergreen markets in your course that was interesting was this whole upsell potential. Now, when I read it, it was like, okay, yeah, this is obvious, but then also it occurred to me, well, I hadn't ever been explicit about that. So could you unpack that further? What's this whole angle about being able to upsell further?
0: yeah absolutely so part for picking an evergreen market right um which is a you know one element of picking a profitable niche if you Mm. pick a market with upsell potential it's another indicator of having you know a really good niche that can make you you know a lot of money so what that means is there are specific for example if you're a career coach focusing Mm. on career transitions that's a market mm-hmm, that where there's a specific problem that people uh, yeah. need to get mm-hmm. fixed, right? And then mm-hmm. it's fixed and mm-hmm. then it's over. So they would come to you and yeah. you might coach them through that mm-hmm. transition. And sometimes that might take a month. Sometimes, you know, it might take up to six to 12 months, depending on what they're transitioning to. But sure. after the transition is done, kind of, there's no need for you as a coach anymore.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Contra- you cut yourself out of a job.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? There's also it's it it's not that everyone should go for markets with upsell potential, which kind of so upsell potential in that sense means that Mm -hmm. what is a market or what is the type of coaching where people, if they first start investing, they will come back and back, right? And they will continue Mm -hmm. to buy from you. For example, that could be leadership right or it Mm -hmm. could also be productivity because that's kind of what my experience is with productivity is that people initially come to me and with you know time management and then they realize Mm -hmm. oh but i also need to they get some initial progress right and then more Mm -hmm. challenges or problems are surfacing so they actually want to continue and get even better and optimize more so they will you know want to look at optimizing their task management tools, you know, like really focusing while they're at work, you know, creating deep work time, optimizing their emails, increasing their energy. Mm -hmm. Like there's a thousand things you can do around productivity Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. which a great upstart market is something where people, they're not even aware that they're getting into this, right? Because they only see the tip of the iceberg. They only see that one problem and kind of like then it, you know, and unlocks all these other challenges or all it doesn't even need to be problems it can just be a curiosity from their side that they just want sure. to keep growing and sure and,
1: sure just deep, deepening yeah. their skills honestly when i read this it clicked out i mean luckily like the the sub industry that i'm in which is teaching meditation is definitely that way i mean i was with my first teacher for 5 years and it was like every week for 5 years because you know you kind of start out at the surface the you know the practice and the teacher gets you deeper 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 and you can just keep going deeper with it almost endlessly so i was like kind of really personally happy that i was like okay well at least my uh my uh sub niche does check those boxes but yeah okay
0: yeah absolutely that's actually a really great example and so like coming back to the example of the career coach right it doesn't like if you, if you're really into career transition coaching, right? Like don't take this as a, you know, like you shouldn't do this. Like if you enjoy this, because yep. there's people, and I personally am also more the type of coach that really enjoys working with a lot of different people and having like oh, a few uh-huh. focused sessions with them and then kind of letting them go. Like I personally am not, I know that there's other coaches who enjoy working with their clients over months or even years and keeping Mm -hmm. you know the same clients which is obviously great because yeah we'll have the the great thing about a market with upsell potential is that if if the same clients continue to come back you don't need Mm -hmm. to acquire new clients so it will be cheaper and you know time more time effective but it might not be what you really love doing Mm-hmm. Right? It might be mm-hmm. that you're really into fixing this one specific problem and you know, once it's fixed, then that's fixed, right? So it can also sure. be a great market for you. But if you're, you know, if you're right now between two niches, that's just something to consider.
1: Right. Well, and then a little bit of how I hear you saying this is like, this is not a deal breaker, but it is an important facet to be considered. Can you kind of deepen the relationship? Can you upsell because it does seem to make things easier, less kind of, in a sense, like cold calling, less cold selling, more selling within the group that you have. But again, like you're saying, if you're really into just doing like a quick kind of almost like strategical strike with somebody and then you don't need to upsell, then you're it's not a deal breaker. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. So I think in terms of profitability and there's a profitability check that we have in the course, there is only a few things that are really deal breakers Mm -hmm. and that's actually i would say like three things one is it absolutely needs to be something that you love doing like getting into a niche that you just do because it's like you know a great niche doesn't make sense it will always backfire so that's a total deal breaker so don't get into anything that you don't love doing Mm And then the, the other two are, you need to be targeting an audience that's first able to pay for your coaching mm. yep. and secondly, willing to pay for your coaching. Mm. Yep. Because these are the three things that will actually really make it, if, if, <laughs> if that doesn't fit, like it will make it really difficult for you to, con, you know, to actually build, build a sustainable coaching practice.
1: Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Um, Okay, so here, the next question I had written down, are you ready for it about uh, kind of your first niche and how you decided and how you settled into it? You ready for that Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Okay, cool. So, all right, Liz. Well, so um, how did you find your first niche, which was productivity? Also, why was this interesting to you? And also, this is kind of interesting to me. I really struggled with it personally. At what point did you feel sufficiently expert were you like okay i got this and you felt well enough about it to put it out there as a service to others so when did you kind of feel sufficiently emboldened to put it out there
0: okay very very good question i especially love the second one so i'm gonna go ahead and answer the first question so how did i get sure. into my first niche which is productivity so yeah. it was something that so One is that I started to, before I started coaching, I started to write on Medium because Uh I didn't, I initially planned on actually not selling coaching services, but selling online courses and other digital products. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to build a passive income business and I thought it's something I could start out with, which is another Mm -hmm. story. Sorry for another time, but it turned out not to be the case. (laughs) But that's why I started writing online. So I I started my own blog. Uh And it just naturally, I realized, okay, the things that just flow out of me were all productivity Mm. related. And it's not really that it was because I read a lot about it. It was more that I have this natural inclination or this natural strengths as well. Like I see things always in systems, frameworks, (laughs) and structure. Uh So that's something that I think it's just my core, I would say, superpower.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so I wasn't actually reading a lot of productivity books to become an expert. Mm. It was more that I was applying my natural inclination to structure things to my life and to my work. So I started to come up with weekly schedules, optimize my productivity at the job that I was at. And over time, people were starting to ask me and uh, to mm-hmm. share my systems. Mm-hmm. And then I was mm-hmm. starting to write online, and I realized, okay, all that I'm writing or I was also writing other things, but for other things like mindset, which I was really interested in, like I loved mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the science of how do you identify self-limiting beliefs and how do they hold you back and how can you get rid of them? I loved it, and I was reading so much about it, but it it wouldn't flow naturally out of me
1: uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. okay sure sure that makes sense. you know actually something that is coming up for me that's just kind of interesting it's like a little bit like what you did is you gave yourself a canvas right Kind of in a sense like a blank canvas and then you just like kind of artistically let manifest what manifests and and in this case it was all this about productivity writing about productivity and then so in a sense by like giving yourself that uh, yeah just that leeway and also a little bit of this like quality of I don't know but I don't quite need to figure it out yet and then just letting it form then that's how it came out and it turned out to be something you know that it was a true that like, kind of authentic interest
0: yeah absolutely and it got mm. in the process it got reinforced by me coaching for free so the very thing mm. when I decided to start coaching what I did was I mm. offered I had three testing clients and I literally told them. Here are 10 areas of life. It was really like everything from, you know, finances, career, relationships, like mm-hmm. everything you could mm-hmm. think of, kind of like the will of life. And I asked them, okay, pick three areas and I will coach you for 12 weeks on these focus mm-hmm. areas. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And from, the, from these three people, it was really interesting. Like all of them kind of, you know, pick career and work and two of them uh-huh. picked relationships and health. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that
0: made me very <laughs> quickly yeah. realize that I do not want to,
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure.
0: I do not want to, I just, like you also kind of know, so, and don't feel bad as a coach if that happens to you, right? You don't need to yeah. be the coach for everything. Like uh-huh. I literally was sitting there. So it was three things that I found out I don't want to be coaching it. Relationships, career, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So not work, but yeah. career and, um, and health. Yeah. Yeah because I was sitting there and I was listening to these testing clients and I was like, I just, I just, I can't talk about this. I just, I just can't talk about my boss did this and like my, like all these politicals because I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So like hearing political stuff uh, because my testing client, she was working at a a legal, um, legal firm. I -hmm. just, it was just so far away from how I also imagine, like how I see people mm, like, Kind of just my perception of how I think you can maximize your potential.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: sure. And so, and the well, same was with relationships. I was just like, I'm in a happy relationship, but it doesn't mean I, I that I want to be giving people advice or coaching people in relationships. I just couldn't hear it, to be honest.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Well, you know, and also I think so much of this whole self discovery process is like really giving yourself like the leeway and giving yourself room to have your own preferences your way like I know that in my own life I mean I've been a little bit not exactly cookie cutter in my own interests and the way I am in the world and like I feel just now like I'm really allowing myself to lean into my strengths and like actually delegate out weaknesses without giving myself a hard time about it and just like opening up to what's natural to me which is what I hear that you did and what has actually worked out
0: yeah absolutely absolutely i however i would say it was not one thing that was not easy about it was that it took me a long time to kind of put my foot down and saying i'm a productivity Uh, coach and i still i have to say to this day i will often actually introduce myself as a productivity and mindset coach
1: Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's because I
0: always had that feeling of, oh, I just don't want to be just a productivity coach.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because
0: somehow uh-huh. I felt like, you know, mindset and all these things were like more important, which I did realize is not true. Uh-huh. Right. So like, if you feel this yeah. way, it's okay. And it, it can be very, and that's actually, I think one of the most challenging things when it comes to selecting your niche is that most people they really struggle to put themselves into a box?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. sure. And what
0: I always say is that the the thing is, you kind of need mm-hmm. a niche, and you kind of don't. So, like, coaching is right. It's one on one. So, like, if you work with clients one on one, there will all these other things. There was so you will talk about so many different things, right? So it will never mm-hmm. just be that one thing that you know is your niche. But mm-hmm. in order to sell your services and to acquire the right people, mm-hmm. you kind of need to be very specific in what you're doing. And that's also how you will stand out. Sure. And so an easy trick is to say, really, see, don't see yourself as a business. You are not your business. The business is an mm-hmm. extension of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And th- this really helped me like, be clear on like, okay, I'm able to say – Okay, let me focus entirely on productivity, and I'm okay with that because this is not all of who I am. Yeah, I see. And so now with yeah, yeah, with the confident coach club, I I started a second project because I personally like just felt the urge to also do that, but it didn't fit under the original coaching program, or I just felt it was. I could do it, but I know exactly that the marketing is not as effective because then I'm speaking to so many different target groups and the messaging will not be straight, you know, straightforward. Uh Uh So that's why, like, I know that other people do it differently. Like for me personally, I decided to, okay, let me, for every interest I have, or if I want to start a business, let me Mm -hmm. just be very niche, but, you know, have separate projects. That was my solution in the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. That totally makes sense. You know, and going back to this whole thing about you're saying, okay, so there's, you want to have a very particular niche, but then also there's this other level of the niche won't matter. And also you'll be outside of the niche and a lot kind of keep moving and growing kind of organically. You know, that reminds me, there's, I see a parallel between that and there's this uh, kind of little quip out there plans mean nothing, but planning is everything. So you know you 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 make your niche you make your plan but then you also like like engineer in enough flexibility to where you're not all upset when it it, it goes a different direction you keep kind of rolling with it so you know
0: yeah absolutely so it's kind of like picking a niche or making a plan it gives you the initial framework mm-hmm. to act yeah. Because not yeah, having sure. a niche, the, the, the real problem with not having a niche is actually not the marketing or the, the <laughs> attracting clients. The real yeah, problem yeah, yeah, is yeah. that you will not know what to focus on. Yeah, totally. totally you will sit totally. there for hours not knowing what to put on your website. Yeah. yeah. It will just, oh. you don't have a framework to act, right? If you pick a niche, you will, you will have a clear idea of what needs to be on that website.
1: Right, right. In a sense, it's like picking a niche is more like psycho, like your own psychological management instead of the management of your niche. It's like how you manage yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Okay. For next question about, um, I think we kind of covered it, but let me just throw it at you, and then you can go back, or we can kind of skip over it, whatever you think. So, um, all right, Liz. So you recommend people explore themselves as a means for figuring out their niche. Um, do you want to go into that or do you, do you feel that we've already covered that?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll just sum it up. So I think there's there's two things that I recommend if you're right now in the very beginning stages. One is literally coach for free and yeah. try out anything, right? Like, like I did, like I actually think like looking mm. back now was a really good way of doing it. It was not super intentional, but now looking back, it was great, like say, p- Go to your testing clients and say, you know, what do you want to be coached on? Then coach coach them on that. Like you will so quickly realize what you don't want. And Mm -hmm. obviously that's kind of the exclusion principle. Knowing what Mm -hmm. you don't want is as valuable as knowing what you do want. Totally. So that's that. And then there's also a lot of questions we have in our online course, which will allow you to really just gather Mm -hmm. all these learnings, all your previous experience and, Systematically work through it to uh, come up with a short list a short list of um, of niches uh-huh. okay that's the two things I recommend to do
1: okay, very good, very good. so now do we want to go ahead and uh, go further into about finding the what the how the who, or do you think that's been sufficiently covered
0: yeah, so I think like it's um Generally, yeah, I would say like there's a lot more detail in the course. I wouldn't go through it now sure. too detailed now, um, but so let me, it's let me, really. Let me put it to you
1: this way: Is there yeah. maybe a, a like a of the who, what, and how? Is there one of those three that you kind of want to emphasize and maybe go after a really salient, valuable point now and kind of explain? Or what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the. What you're referring to here—the what, who, and how—it's kind mm-hmm. of the triangle that makes up your niche, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, basically, what problems are you solving? What results are you getting your clients? Who who is that client? And how how are you doing it? How with you, which, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you know, coaching programs, coaching tools, all of that. And so, how to bring that all together is. Thinking of that analogy that I always like to bring up, which is a bridge. So you can okay, yeah b- because ultimately, when you think about not only picking your niche but also creating your coaching programs, what's most important to consider is that people always buy results, they buy improvements mm, in their life and yeah. in their business. Yeah. The question is, you, the, what are you're really doing with a coaching program is you're building a bridge between a point A and a point B. And so at this point A, there is a specific person, that's the who, right? Who has a very specific challenge or problem. And Mm -hmm. you know they're in pain or they're frustrated Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then there's this point B at the other side where they want to get to, where this problem is solved and their desires are met. It's kind of like the dreamland, right? Uh uh And so Uh you want to be thinking about Obviously, who what what's that who is that person? What's the point a? What's yeah. the point B? And then also ultimately, but that's kind of really the last thing, the how how does that bridge yeah. look like? What's the most effective way to get this person from A to uh, B? Is this a one on one coaching program? Is this a group coaching program? Is this an online course? Mm-hmm. Is this and you know what kind of exercises, what kind of coaching tools? you know that's kind of like really designing that program
1: yeah you know and all that makes sense and what I really like about it is I think there's also a kind of a subtle piece here around managing your own psychology which is if you like a lot of the times I think where we all get stuck in life is like think about oh how do I get my needs met oh how do I make this happen blah blah blah, blah. instead of like okay what like how how can I create value for the other person And then also like when, and then it's like looking at what are the results that they want is like very other focused, allocentric, right? Which I think also just makes you feel good, makes you feel productive, makes you feel kind of actually connected even with the client and kind of can get you out of your head and just doing it much quicker than having this kind of like, I think dysfunctional self-focus, you know?
0: totally totally so i think that that's actually a really good point because i think like if you look at what a niche really is it's finding that intersection between you and the Mm. other person right what are the intersection between your Mm. strengths passions Mm. skills dreams and the other Mm -hmm. person's aspirations problems challenges right if you can find that and often people so the, the the most common problem and uh, the most common mistakes people make when choosing mm. a niche is not having that intersection. So either they're just focusing on mm. themselves. What do I want mm-hmm. and what do <laughs> am I passionate about? Sure. But it might sure. be like we talked before, right? It might be just not a profitable niche because people don't have that problem or they're not able to pay for it to get it fixed sure. or not willing to pay or, or whatever, right? Or they focus too much on the other person and just really pick the most profitable niche right but they don't care about it at all right <laughs> sure
1: yeah yeah so no personal re- re- resonance kind of thing yeah mm-hmm.
0: exactly okay, okay, okay. good do uh, we have now, anything wh- do you, you want to yeah. keep
1: going here and in which uh wh- do you want to like focus on any of these any of those three or do you want to move on
0: i think like i think that was a really really good overview
1: okay cool cool um do we want to go into how you check for profitability in a coaching arena? Or do you feel that we've already covered that?
0: Yeah, we can do like a quick wrap up of this. Mm-hmm. So, Good. so ultimately that's like a, a check that we have in the course. So like it goes through mm-hmm. a few questions. And like I said before, the really the, the, the three core elements is do I love doing that? Is a target group able to pay for it and willing to pay? So mm-hmm. maybe I'll touch on this quickly. So it's it's, it's actually two very different things. Able uh-huh. to pay means that the target group generally has the budget for coaching. Yeah. And so this is actually something I made a mistake in, when I first started out mm-hmm. because I was offering productivity coaching for startups. So I loved mm-hmm, working with mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, right? It comes back to the me, right? Mm-hmm. I love That's the ideal client that I had. I was mm-hmm. like, I was always working for startups. I was an entrepreneur myself. I'm like, this is the person I want to work with. I don't want to work with people, you know, who are employed. The problem is startups, especially who are, you know, externally financed by investors, they don't have a budget for coaching in the very beginning, usually. And you're competing in the budget with, things that are so much more essential to the business in the, in the beginning stages, right? It's uh-huh. often that the founders are not paying themselves any salary. It mm-hmm. might be them hiring their first employee, which really, you know, allows them to maybe like sleep, sleep five hours a night instead mm-hmm. of three. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you're competing. Mm-hmm. It's also not, it's not a conversation you want to have. Um, Hmm. that's what Hmm. I realized, like, you know, when they kind of, when you really know that they're investing in this coaching and it's actually, there's other much more pressing things that they should be doing with that money. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 So you don't want to ill advise your, your client saying, no, this is the most important thing when it's maybe not, then maybe they need to just like go and make payroll first. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a, that's, that's really not um, a situation that you want to be in. Right. So like, yeah. you really mm-hmm. want to go for, for a target group that is able to pay. So when you look at entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. that's definitely, you know, the entrepreneurs that, that either, if they're, you know, if we see funded, then, they they're already in Series C or Series D, and they mm. you know have a stable you know they're maybe profitable or at least have stable revenue and cash flow, mm-hmm. and not like you know someone who's just starting out. Like usually, entrepreneurs that are starting out are really bad target group.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, makes sense.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. then the other part is the willing to pay. So you might have someone mm. if you just go after you know really rich people, you still need to you know, have a problem that for them, that's worth solving, right? Because for them, it's also about time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just because someone is able to pay for it doesn't mean they're willing to pay and also willing to invest the time in that problem you're solving. It's just not pressing for them. So ultimately, that question about willing to pay really comes back to, is the problem you're solving, you know, paying enough for the person to pay?
1: Well, yeah, and and reading your course, there was one place in there where you were talking about how okay, so maybe the wealthy person has the money to pay, and then maybe you have some sort of offering that would take three hours a week out of their out of their week, right? But then they're not willing to pay in terms of they're not willing to allocate the time. So then that's another that's kind of one of these willing to pay slash willing to go through the coaching. Maybe they're maybe paying for the coaching is no problem, but they don't have time for it. So that's another kind of issue to consider before you get into it
0: yeah absolutely so that's especially relevant when you actually you know you're offering so usually Mm -hmm. obviously one-on-one coaching is the most effective way to deliver Mm -hmm. something so Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. in one hour you can give highly personalized coaching highly personalized advice Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. someone who like it, it has a lot of money but you know struggles to find time they mm-hmm. are much more willing usually to invest in one-on-one coaching rather than an online course or a group coaching program that takes up more time relatively and will not give them the most mm-hmm. effective way. Then like, you know, they, they just want to have the the information that's relevant for them.
1: Sure. They're looking for a high return on time investment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then we have some. Some other questions that are also part of the profitability check, which are, for example, okay,
1: yeah. ideally
0: you want to have your niche as a subsegment of one of the three mega niches, like we mentioned before yeah. health and fitness, relationships and dating, business and career,
1: because yeah. these
0: are naturally evergreen markets. Yeah. Then you also want to be looking at yeah generally is it an evergreen market is there is there potential for upsells we discussed this before and then lastly are there existing players in the market um yeah. or and is it so you want uh, to I, be yeah. but that's mm-hmm. actually very interesting so you definitely so want to be looking at the competitive landscape yeah but really if there's no one doing yeah. it it's actually a bad sign.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. most people
0: think, oh my God, no one is doing this. This is amazing, right?
1: i have 100% of <laughs> the market. <laughs> exactly.
0: The market might not be existent. That's a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> details, details.
0: So, so that's, uh, that's really like ideally you want to be going for a market where there is some players in the market, but it's not too overcrowded.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Generally. Well, yeah, you have, this, you have this quote here. Pioneers get shot. Settlers get rich.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if there's other people in the market, you'll be able to learn from them. You'll be able to Mm -hmm. learn from their mistakes, especially, right? And usually if there's, especially in the coaching space, because it's so, there's such a, like a low barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. You don't need a lot of capital or, you know, time to get set up as a coach. So if there's no one doing it, it means you can't make money from it because otherwise someone would have. Done it by now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the profitability checklist.
1: All right. Cool. Yeah. All that sounds good.
0: Great. Yeah. I think we covered a lot. Do you have any more questions?
1: No, nothing else is coming up. This has been useful.
0: Great. All right. I loved it. Then uh, let's wrap up.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Liz. Good.
0: Thank you, too. See you next time.
1: All righty. Bye bye
0: and if you like this episode and want to stay up to date with new releases i'd love if you subscribe to the show on itunes spotify or wherever you're listening to this and if you're ready to take the next step and start your own coaching business head to confidentcoachclub.com to take her free five-day email course that will teach you the key steps to launch your coaching career.